Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? For the here and now, I, I want to start selling out Salah Stadium before we, we kind of jump ship on Steve Eva. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Late Night LOI Pod live every Friday at 10pm on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. Hello and welcome to Late Night League of Ireland. Um, Shane Keegan here, joined as ever by Johnny Ward. Again, we are left to fly solo. Nathan Murphy has a, has a work due, which, as we all know, is really just code for he's, he's on the beer, but I'm, I'm sure we'll survive without him. Uh, we managed it last week. Hopefully we'll manage to do it again. It's been an eventful night, a night where, in truth, um, the favourites probably in all the games in the Premier Division and all of the games in the First Division came through and picked up the three points. Um, but that's not to say that we haven't got plenty, plenty of talking points, that's for sure. Uh, I was watching from the comfort of my couch, another €7 Euro donated to late night, uh, our, our League of Ireland LOI TV. I think, Johnny, you were in the same boat, were you? I was, Shane, yeah. Um, I should actually be in the same boat as Nathan on the piss at the moment, um, but I decided against that <laughs> to do this and to get up early in the morning. Um, I'm doing a bit for off the ball tomorrow, um, but best of luck to Inda, who's having his going away drinks tonight. I I think for the second week in a row, I've spent €12 Euro watching a couple of games. Um, just, you know, I'm a Galway United fan, but I obviously want to see the main game in the Premier Division as well. So, as you say, the bookies would have taken a tank in tonight. All the favourites won, so I did my best to watch uh, the two games and... Uh, I don't know, is the place to start the performance of Jack Byrne, Shane? Yeah, I think it probably is, Johnny. Um, no no surprise to me or no surprise to anybody who hears my, hears my, uh, hears my contributions here, there, anywhere on a, a regular basis. I, I just, Johnny, he's, he's, he's class. Like, I mean, nobody can have been in any way surprised by what we saw again tonight. He is, with absolutely no disrespect to any other player in the league, he is head and shoulders uh, above any other player in this league and I am going to keep beating the drum that we need Jack Byrne back in the Irish international squad because every single time he picks up a ball his instinct is can I find the killer pass and if he can he'll go for it and if he can't he'll he'll keep possession and he'll move it on and every single time he stands over a set piece I expect something to happen and yeah he's 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 an absolute diamond isn't he? Well, I'd like the listeners as well on this and, and, and I suppose first to you, Shane. What is Jack Byrne capable of? If you look at his club career, he's had two spells at Shamrock Rovers, um, a disjointed career in Britain, um, a mess of a time in Cyprus and that spell in Holland where, you know, I'm just looking at maybe a YouTube montage back in the day where he looked comfortable. So what is Jack's level? Because um, I, I think, as you say, as a League of Ireland player, I mean, some of the stuff he does, the, the first half tonight and the second half in the game on Monday, um, you know, and his, his quality from set pieces as well. I thought, you know, Bowes really struggled to deal with that, but you're just watching them, Shane. I, I can't agree more to you about what you said on the, the other podcast the other day uh, with the 42 Um they're just going to win the league. They have too much quality. And Danny Mandroyu, um is very good tonight. Is Jack Byrne by a mile the best player in the league? Maybe he is, but on, on ability, Danny Mandroyu could be the second best. Yeah, yeah. No, look, he's, he's he's good. I just don't think that same level of consistency is there. I mean, what's he capable of? The detractors will point to the fact that he's been out of this country on a couple of occasions and it hasn't worked out for him. Um, but I, I just think when he's playing well for Rovers, when he's in form, I'd, I'd love to see him stuck in an Irish jersey and, and see what he can produce. I mean, he, he, we obviously got a few fantastic moments from him tonight. I'll tell you what, 
Max Murphy uh, managed to intercept one pass. There was about a half an hour gone in the first half. You'll know the one I'm talking about, where Max Murphy just about got a toe to stopping a ball going in behind him for the runner who was in behind, which I think might have been Andy Lyons again. If, yeah. if, he ha- if he hadn't got a toe to that, I mean, we've seen some brilliant things from Jack, but that would have been right up there with the best assist I've ever seen. It was an absolutely outrageous attempt. I think I think the pass on Monday. I'm telling you now. I'm I'm not trying to beat the Shamrock Rovers drum. I don't I don't particularly care who wins the League of Ireland. I hope it's competitive in the Premier Division. The, 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 there was a spell in the second half where Shamrock Rovers played football as good as I've seen in the League of Ireland full stop. And Jack was just at the fulcrum of that. He three passes in a five or ten minute spell, including the one for the goal. The weight of that pass. I went to the game on Monday night, Shane. I was marvelling at you know the the atmosphere between the two sets of fans. The quality, of the football. For me, I really feel like I'm I'm supporting. A league now that is, is actually of a very good quality very consistently and Jack tonight um, you know as you mentioned I mean the, the first half I thought he was totally unplayable you're looking at Dawson Devoy who's heralded as this kind of you know really good prospect but the Bows midfield they were absolutely battered in the first half like battered and as much as they came back in the second half. The one, the one thing that that I look at Shamrock Rovers, I'm still not sure about Alan Manishane. I still think he does. He's so little to do in games. If they go into Europe, I just don't have confidence that he's not going to make a mistake. And for me, he really should have done better for the goal. That'll be my question mark for Rovers at the moment. I don't know what you made of that. Yeah, no, look, I'd probably agree with that. I suppose the, the point I was going to make is the two of us are eulogising about Jack and we are eulogising about, about you know an incredible performance from Rovers. I mean, the team top of the league have scored seven goals tonight. So mm-hmm. they're it's probably a bad thing, though. Like they're they're definitely yeah. It's a, look, it's a bad thing for the league, but it's not a bad thing for Derry because you know there was a you know a couple of question marks over recent form. So he you know Rory needed them to really really come back into form. By God, they've they've certainly done that. So I mean, we're we're. You and I are saying that we can't see past Rovers for the league on a night where the team that are top of the table have scored seven. So I'd absolutely yeah, love to. I'd love to hear from from Derry fans. I thought the 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 personnel I saw in the lineup really really interested me. Um, I haven't had a chance yet to look at what the shit what way they use that. Whether they played Matty Smith right up front. So I'd definitely love to hear from from Derry fans in relation to that. But listen, we'll we again we'd encourage absolutely everybody to to share their thoughts with us tonight. Uh, whether you were like us lazy lying on a couch and watching games or whether you were actually there in person. We'd much, I suppose, obviously definitely love to hear from those that were there in person very, very much. So the first man you were talking <laughs> you were talking about another podcast. We, we won't mention it, but we will invite a man on who is on another podcast because he does know his soccer and, and, and he is a guy whose opinions we like to get. David Snade, can you unmute yourself and say hello? Well, sorry, lads. How are you, Kevin? How are you, Shane? How are you, David? I'm very well. Hand, hand, hands free driving here on the way back from Daily Mount, so uh, no laws being broken at the moment, hopefully. Good man, good man, good man. Fill us in on what happened in Daily Mount, David. Well, I heard you just talking about Jack up there. I'm, I'm glad you were, because I spent about, I'd say, half of my match report for RTE.ie absolutely raving about him. He, um... <laughs> You're gone on this. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, now we're back. Now we're back. back. Go again. Oh, that was my wife ringing me. Wait, wait, because she's seen, making sure, making sure. I'm on the, he's making sure I'm on the way home and not going on the beer. Um, <laughs> me. Nah, Jack Bourne. Jack Bourne was brilliant tonight. Really, really good. Stephen Kenny was there watching him, and I'd say it was probably his most most complete performance in terms of. Obviously, listen, he, he whipped the cross in for a Rovers first goal and he put a lovely ball in for the goal that Max Murphy put in at the at the far post. But just 
in terms of controlling a game and taking the sting out of balls, he was just brilliant. Like he was put on his arse after about two seconds from straight from the kickoff, and it was the only time that he hadn't got balls. Lads chasing his shadows, he was just brilliant and set the tone for uh, for Rovers all evening. Really, really, really. I suppose, lad, if you look at Conor Horahan's performance against Lithuania, there's no way Jack doesn't do more than that in his current form. And that's, uh, you know, I think he, I'm coming, coming around to what you're saying, Shane, in terms of I think his performance at the moment. He's he's a better player than Conor Horahan in many respects in terms of the pass that he can pick. There's a little bit of apples and oranges there, though. Yeah, Johnny, I know. I, I think we would have to, we, if we were going to use him, it would have to be in a, in a, in a higher up role than, than what Horahan plays, you know. Mm. And I would also say you have to have a bit of respect for Horahan in the sense that of the level he's playing at as well. Like Jack is coming back, is coming back to try and find form again, find fitness after. And obviously the move didn't work out for him in Cyprus. So, like he would have, I would imagine Stephen Kenny would have went away very impressed by his all-round performance uh, tonight. Even though he was taken off with about ten minutes to go, I think that was probably more so just to save legs. But I think, like I know Shane, like we've chatted about this before in terms of what he can offer Ireland, but. I think you just kind of have to just let him let him get back into the groove a little bit with Rovers, and then by the time the summer comes around, he'll be flying fit, hopefully match sharp, and we would imagine he'll be in there now in the mix to be involved in the Nations League. You know, what did you make? What did you make of balls tonight, David? They were poor. They were poor. Like they they kind of they started quick and they came at, at, at Rovers a little bit, but as I said, like. The performance from Jack Bourne and a couple of others, Gary O'Neill as well, was very good. Just knew when to kill the game and when to just control it. But they just lacked a lot of quality. Like, I don't think they had a shot on target in the first half. The, the, the biggest, the biggest threat they had was when Gally Q played a nice ball on the inside through uh, Lee Grace and Chris Twardick pulled across back. Mm. But other than that, they barely threatened. They made three subs. This kind of sums up the night. They made three subs at half time. One of which was Rory Feely. And within about 60 seconds, Rory Feely, Rory Feely pulled up and had to be taken off. Um, so that was another sub gone. And Why is Thomas playing, Sadie? That's, that's one thing. I, I just haven't seen enough of them to say has he gone off the boil. But for me, he's a better player than Junior. I just can't see how he's not starting. And he, you'd imagine he would have caused trouble. Yeah, like he did okay when he came on. Like, like Having the extra body there just gave Roberts obviously something else to think about. And the goal the goal when it came was 68 minutes to make it 2-1. Came from a Dawson device shot that was parried by Manus, and it was Junior who kind of followed up. He was the one who had the instinct to kind of maybe read where Manus might parry it, and it was a nice finish. You know, kind of similar, similar in a sense to his goal he got against Shells on Monday, kind of a striker in the right place at the right time. But yeah, I don't know. I promise, like, been a lot of talk about him. Like, obviously, like, yeah, if you want to start of the season, we're saying that he has potential to be the best. Um, sorry, Jim Crawford, who was also there tonight. Said he had the potential to be the best player in the uh, in the league. Now he hasn't started the last couple of games. He did okay when he came on, but Rovers were just Rovers were just a cut above. Like even where where the press box is at, at the Aiden Mount, as you, as you may well know, you're obviously surrounded by the fans. And even there was just like an acceptance by a lot of the uh, Bowers fans around the place that the better team had won. And I think it was quite telling as well that with about 10 minutes to go, even probably a bit longer, there was quite a few ball fans heading toward the exit to go. And that was, mm. was, and was, it was a bit of a surprise to see that. You know, he wasn't expecting kind of ball fans to be leaving so early. Still, they were, they were, know. they were, they, 
they were decent for the first twenty minutes of the second half, though, David. In fairness, like like that took that took kind of that took real balls to make a triple substitution, particularly when you're looking at taking off two of your two of your back four. Um, like I don't know whether Horton had an injury or whether he was you know just substituted based on tactics. Max Murphy, to be fair to him. Like the goal is 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 a horror. It really, really is a horror. He's just too lax. But I, I actually thought I thought he had had a good half. Um, so I had. But like he's he's stuck his neck out there. He's made a triple substitution. As you say, it's kind of immediately backfired on him. Then with Rory Feely. But but I thought they were good. I thought they were good from the start of the second half, pretty much right up to the point where they got the goal. And you know, if if they could have just gone another five minutes after getting that equaliser to settle things down, I kind of thought they might have a right rattle at it. But obviously, that's not how it transpired. But I. I you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be writing off that performance completely. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it could be a bit hard. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. But even just being there, like I don't know, sometimes you just get a different sense. Maybe sometimes when you're mm. in and just a feel around the place, and and yeah, there was a, there was a bit of a reaction, I suppose. And obviously, they did get a goal. And I'd be very, I'd be curious to hear what maybe if there's any of the Bowes fans were there, how they were feeling. But I don't know. You just kind of got the sense that Rovers. I think I said this before. They were still. They still had another gear to go up, and they almost they kind of did it when they got the goal so quickly after to make it three one, where obviously Manju was capitalised on the mistake and, and finished very well. But I'd say, right in fairness, I think Rovers were full value for the win. And that's the thing watching Rovers, they, like they, they they turned it on in the second half against Pats when they needed to at nil all. They turned it on in the second half against Dundalk, and it looked like they were playing within themselves. And for me, in the second half, they just turned it off. And then when it was two one, they turned it on again. And it's just like they're basically doing whatever they want at the moment. And I I don't know. I mean, you, again, you look at the bench tonight. They are big benches now, but it's effectively a team that have probably finished mid table in the League of Ireland on the bench. Probably higher than that. Mm. Oh, it's mad. Like, and and it's just in fairness, I was talking to Stephen Bradley after the game Monday, and I thought it was an interesting point. He said, "I said, how do you keep these players happy?" He said, "It's not about keeping them happy. It's about wanting to play for Sharma Grovers." And I was like, "Fair enough." And you know, he obviously is keeping them content anyway. I I think you've one hundred percent hit the nail on the head. I think the most the most impressive thing about the job that Stephen Bradley is doing now, um, I wouldn't say all the way through, you know, he had to build it to where it's at now, but like there is no doubt the biggest challenge he has there at the moment is, and he's right, it's not it's not about keeping them happy, uh, you know, again, I'll be honest, I probably learned to hardware myself that way, sometimes you are maybe a little bit too concerned with keeping them happy, he's dead right, it is not his job to keep them happy, it's their job to keep him happy, but at the same time, you know, juggling the minutes, understanding when a fella, you know, maybe needs a start to keep his head in the right place. Um, it's it's not keeping them happy, but it is keeping them on side. Maybe is probably the better phrase that I'd use. Like because yeah. with, with an embarrassment, Rich is there, and there are there's going to be like you can be absolutely sure there's there's disgruntled players, but. You can allow a player to be disgruntled for a couple of weeks and then if you intend for him still to be part of your long-term plan, you need to bring him back into the fold at just the right time. If 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 you've kind of wrote him off as not good enough, well, then you can kind of let him rot away and, and, and look to ship him out. But to be fair, he seems to be striking that balance really, really well at the moment. And say, that's not to say that everybody in that dressing room was happy. You can be sure every time he names the team sheet, you know, there's fellas fucking under their breath and, and, and you know, walking over room and you know complaining and trust me when when yeah. you know, the, the one I always love is when a player tell when a player used to tell me everybody else in the squad is telling me I should be playing every mm. player tells every player they should be playing mother of god they're hardly going to tell you the manager was dead right to leave you out uh, but that I'd love to, to you'd be more ruthless 
But uh, <laughs> on, that, on that point, and just and this is just before I go, I'll make sure I get into this garage and get some milk before my wife absolutely bates me. Can I just say as well that on that point, Richie, you're talking as well about sorry about about balls. There was a moment I can't remember the exact minute, but it kind of just sums up the attitude as well of the Rovers players. Richie Tell made an absolutely. Absolutely brilliant interception when I think it was Ali. I think it might have been Ali Q pulled the ball. No, actually no, it wasn't. It was Promise pulled a, a lovely ball back into the box, and Liam Bort was coming onto it. About to basically stroke it home, and Tell read it, got in there quick, and just got a little toe away from it. And that that was a crucial moment as well because I think that was early enough into the second half. But that just I'd say sums up a little bit as well of that work ethic that the Robert players and especially in that midfield now. He's he's coming he's he's coming back into form, lads. He's he's coming back into form. I know it's been a bit of a slow start from but he's coming back in form. That 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 ball around the bend for Danny Mandreo was, was yeah. absolutely class, wasn't it? Our our callers are a little bit shyer tonight, Johnny. Um, I mean, I'm absolutely dying to hear from from people who were at Dundalk against Shells because uh, Duffer saw red along with two players. Um, we definitely want to hear about the seven goals up in Derry. That's for sure. Pat's fans must be happy at the moment, but they're all a little bit shyer. But we do have Shane coming through to us. So, David, we'll let you off uh, home before herself gets any more irate or angry. Don't forget with you. the milk, lady. No, don't worry, it's not worried, I'll chat you. I'll chat you on the forty-two dollar podcast. <laughs> get out of here! Get out of here, you. On, Shane, Shane, are you there? Hello. How are you keeping? How are you, Shane? Can you hear us, Shane? Hello, Shane. We could hear you when you said hello. There, are you still there? I think he's connecting. Uh, three, two, one. No, no sign of Shane. We'll have to keep. Uh, we'll have to keep going, Johnny. What? Any other talking points from the night yourself? Well, do you think the Damien Duff one? So I'm only reading the report, but um, first of all, Paul, Paul, Paul McLaughlin, who I've said, there we are, Shane. How are you? <laughs> Shane, <laughs> Shane is back. Can you hear us, Shane? Yeah, I can hear you now. I don't know what happened. Ah, uh, that's that's more like it. Shane, what game we at? Well, do you know what? I watched it. I couldn't make it because of work, but I watched the. Obviously, watched it. Yeah, Shell Dundalk. Uh, You're I, a Shells I, fan, I, are you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what did uh, you make of it? You no, know, I really think that I didn't even kind of want to know what Duff was sent off. That's obviously a talking point of the media, isn't it? So, uh, given away the silly red second yellow for the pullback on Griffin, uh, Griffin pullback, Hoban, stupid, or Hoban, whatever he likes to be called. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, pulled him back and Duffo was just going mad at the ref and uh, then he smashed a bottle of water on the ground or kicked out something and second goal we think he got in the end. Yeah, I'm I'm um, intrigued by this shame because um, I think he was never sent off. Somebody put up he was never sent off in, in the in his. But like, if you are a manager, you, 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 and I know he's early in the game, but you, it's not the example you set for your players to be getting a stupid red card after already, I think, being booked by Paul McLaughlin, who I think is a fairly fair referee. So I think he may well have let himself down here, but I'm open to correction on it. No, the, the only the only reason I think he's let himself down is because it was a Stonewall second yellow card. So I don't know why he's complaining. Right. That's, that's it. Like, if, he's, if it's a... Dodgy decision, you'd say, right, fair enough, he's lost his emotions, but it was a, it was a clear second yellow leak. So what did, what did um, Griffin do for the second yellow then? He, he went to pass the ball back to, I don't know, Driscoll or Luke Bourne, one of them, and he gave a short, bouncy ball back, and it just went in between him and Hoban, and Hoban nearly nipped in, and he just pulled him back. Like It was a clear second yellow from a dodgy pass. 
it is absolutely amazing how many goals and mistakes uh, shells are making by giving the ball away. Uh, well, in, that, in generally, one, that one's yeah. not really the same thing because most of the time it's in the middle of the park. This one was just a, a pass, one centre half went away to the other and right. sold and shot. But no, we are much better tonight. But then the only thing is we're playing away to Finn Harp next week, so that's a small pitch. So he'll be in behind the dugout and he might as well be in the dugout. So. <laughs> Go for an Ollie Morgan. Yeah, that's yeah. I go up to the dance, yeah. It's and a pity. It's like a, the night. Yeah, it's a pity, Shane, because he like he had such a great result last Friday night. Um, you know that I was thinking this this could be a turning a turning point here that could kick on from here. It's disappointing to follow up with the two results you have Monday and Friday of this week, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the ten men against ten men just seemed to suit the Dundalk. They found more space. We were running into shadows more. It was easier for them to pass the ball around. Key Ward, I have to say, he came on, just changed the game. He he drifted out wide. He knew the space was out wide. We had three still in the middle and two up front. And, mm. and he just drifted out wide. And he found the space because there was no wingers. And he put in a lovely ball. And look, it was a good header. He had to run on a drift up. But Dundalk weren't great. Like, we were the best team, we thought, as a, as a team. But I wouldn't be that impressed with Dundalk now. You'll do um, well to find a cleverer fox than Keith Ward, all right. He's, he's uh, <laughs> the yeah, he's 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 just so he's so clued in, isn't he? He's just so so clever. He's always always thinking. So he is. How how do you think the rest of this season is going to play out for you, Shane? Before I let you go, um, I think at the moment I'll take eight. I'll take I'll take eight. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a big game next week in terms of harps if we. If we stay up comfortably and you, we're still five points ahead, so we go up there and we win. It might do with actually the smaller pitches, I think, Sue are intensely better. Uh, we think Duffer has a bit of a battle team at the moment. Uh, but yeah, our, our squad is where we should be. That's between us and Drada to maybe stay up comfortably. Listen, Shane. I think it, I think it's fair to say that game next week is one not for the not for the faint-hearted. And you've listened. You've you've presented me with a good segue there because we have Osh Bosh waiting, who I'm pretty sure from chatting before is a is a Harps fan. So we'll let you away, Shane. We'll move, on, we'll move on to Cheers, our Harps Shane. fan. Cheers, Cheers for the call. Osh Bosh, are you there? Uh, yes. There you are, good man. How are you doing? All good. We are all good. Where are you at the game? I wasn't unfortunately. I'm, I'm DJing down around the country at the minute, so I'm on tour. So I wasn't in like the match, but uh, did you I get a bit of feedback on it? Ah, uh, yeah, I was watching as well. I watched it on LMA TV, so it's good to have a service. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a bit frustrating. Like, um, to be honest, I think Pat's Pat's deserved the win. Um, I think the fight was there from Harps, but it's just. I think so, Harps can go to Dublin sometimes and they can back off against these teams like Shamrock Rovers and Pats. Um, and I think that a bit of that happened tonight. Um, and just silly kind of silly goals to give away a free header. That's another free header Harps have conceded. Like, you know, when they conceded one against Shamrock Rovers, conceded one against Derry, you know, they were two corners and now it's another another kind of free header in the box. Like, you know, and you know, fair play to Owen Doyle. He took it well. Um, the penalty... Yeah, I have no no complaints to the penalty. I don't even really know why Ollie was fucking complaining about it because <laughs> it was a blatant penalty. Like, you know, there's no, I don't know, like some weeks will get away with that there, pushing and, you know, pulling or whatever. Like, you know, you get away with that some weeks, but, you know, <laughs> then another week that goes against you and that's what happened there. Um, it's a bit lucky though to get to, to not to you know, score in the second half, is not they played. It looks like, it's, um, looks like it's going to be a long, hard season, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, it isn't. It's just you know losing half that squad last year. Obviously, well, normally hard to lose most of their squad, you know. Uh, but last season was a bit different because they managed to keep the the, the the bulk of the squad. You know, Adam Foley and the likes of them boys, and you know, like but that was kind of tied down to COVID and so on. Like so. I didn't have that advantage this year. Um, it is going to be very difficult for them. And uh, uh, the, yeah. the game, the, the game that they won, I was actually at it, and shells were so bad that night. Like Harps have won yeah. one game, and shells were were bad. So I, I, I would definitely think they're very, very strong contenders for second last, and they're probably lucky. Yeah. UCD are so bad, like. Yeah, and that's I think we're actually a bit lucky that East the year are in the league. Had you know, uh, Waterford won that playoff last year, I'd say we'd be we could be mm-hmm. at the bottom. I hate to say it, but uh, it is a long season ahead, and I think as, as you mentioned already, uh, saying it's going to be a, a massive game in Park next Friday. Yeah, like that. As I say, when you look at the two teams' playing styles, and you look at uh, the. the the mannerisms, I suppose, of the two managers, everything is 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 pointing at that one being real, real helter skelter, isn't it? I suppose the other yeah. thing that hasn't helped, uh, like you, you know, Ollie, Ollie is always quick enough to tell us that it's always going to be a, a tough battle and a slog and all that. I suppose what's what's kind of caught you on the hop a little bit is just Drogheda's form. You know, I suppose you would have been banking on maybe on on them being kind of right down there with you. And look, they may well yeah. still end up there, but at the moment they're just looking a little bit better, aren't they? Yeah, they've picked up the form and they've got a few points. They've got a point, a point to get Pats and then they'll say they beat Dundalk on that. So they've been doing doing decent enough. But uh, now you, you kind of hope from a Hearts perspective that they drop points, you know, uh, sooner, sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, they play the Stigo tomorrow. That'll be an interesting match. Um, but no, I can still see them being down around, you know, us kind of in, in that dogfight come the end of the season. And I think Shells could be there as well. But... It'll be interesting to see. It's a long season ahead. Like, you know, you can't get carried away either. Like The other thing that seems to be happening a, a bit there is, is I know Ollie, Ollie likes to get to as close to a, a settled team as he can, but seems to be an yeah. awful lot of chopping and changing in the team lately, doesn't mm. there? Yeah, there is, yeah. And the midfielders and even up front, um, he went with Mike Woods and Mihalovic tonight. I saw that, yeah. Maddie. Oh yeah, Matty was on the bench. I, I like that partnership for them too. But when Matty did come on, he has had his critics. Um, we do the fan cams after after the home matches in Fan Park, and he's had his critics. There's no doubt about it. But when he came on tonight, Matty he, he he offered something. You know, he gave that extra that extra yard or two. So it was good. To, it was he was good when he came off the bench. But yeah, no, I don't know. Like he's he's going with three up top and. You know, some matches go with two up top, and yeah, you're you're right in saying he hasn't gonna sell them that formation yet. And I think he needs to, do, you know, all he needs to get that sorted sooner rather than later, like you know, and kind of get that settle, that settle. Where was, like, you know, in, in the where was Ryan Connolly for you tonight? Is he in Ocker? Is he injured or something? Yeah, yeah, he, he I think he went off injured. Yeah, he went off injured, didn't he, on on, on Monday? Okay. Um, against Lego. Um, uh, so yeah, I think he went off fairly early, from what I can remember. Um. But he he wasn't there. We miss him. We miss him badly whenever, whenever he's not in the team. You know, um, because then we lost Mark Coy last year too. You know them too. Yeah, them too were, were a good partnership in midfield. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not not very impressed with with Bash and Harry at the moment either. Um, but uh, you know, have you ever seen? Nice it's, it's just it's just crazy, isn't it? Have you ever seen a player have such a steep decline? Like you know, it's it's really what is it? Only two seasons back that he was yeah. arguably one of the most impressive looking midfielders, but he's just meandered from place to place and been poor everywhere he's gone since then, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he was at Waterford and then obviously he went to was it Linfield then? Yeah, and then obviously Bowes and then Derry just hasn't worked out for him. And like I don't know, it's just you know, there's always. 
you know, that kind of people will say, oh, he's a, he's a shocking attitude. Like, I think he got, he got taken off there in a match in, in Fun Park. Like, and he was, he was not happy at all. He threw the coat and all. Like, you just kind of see that kind of bit of bad attitude on him. Like, but um, ah, it's, it's, it's tough enough. Like, um, but no, hopefully, like, you know, it's, I'll be take 10, 10 games in now. Hopefully, the, the squad will kind of get settled more. And, you know, that's the thing playing. as well though Shane like how Ollie keeps dress rooms happy when you've lads travelling up from Dublin and yeah. like uh, they've, they've all these different training regimes I don't know how they've managed yeah. to do it and sometime maybe it will catch up with them yeah yeah, yeah. possibly like but uh, yeah you, also, you have your, your Dublin boys travelling up and down like you know our time in that Ooh. well listen I think we're we're, we're we're definitely definitely going to want to hear from you next Friday night so wherever you're <laughs> Whatever part of the world you're DJing, in, make sure you give us a shout next next Friday. No, no, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back in Donegal, and I'll be I'll be at the match. Hopefully, we get a good crowd out for it because I think it's it's an important match. Considering we beaten Shelburne already this year, I think it's important. But well, listen, I would, you, can, I would, you can be our you can be our official late night League of Ireland correspondent live from Finn Park next week. That's <laughs> that's, that, that's for sure. Listen, thanks a million for it calling in. No worries, lads. Cheers. Leading Galway United player listening in as well, who uh, scored in recent weeks, was taken down for a penalty tonight. Uh, don't need to name him, but um, he's he's having a, a great time with it on the pitch and a uh, massive win for us in Terryland, Shane. Well, I was just about to say that, uh, listen, we need to get a, a move on to the first division and a few of the talking points from there. And then, thankfully, I saw Jonathan pop up as, uh, as one of our requested speakers so he can get the ball rolling for us. How are you this evening, Jonathan? Not too bad, gents. Not too bad, uh, gents. Uh, another win. Um, an Im- an, impressive, an impressive win. Yeah, an impressive win. Fill us in. You're gone on, on mute there, Jonathan. Come again. There we go. Take two. Take are. two. Uh, yeah, no. Um, three points. Uh, weird enough type of game, it has to be said. Uh, I thought Bray initially started to... Uh, Started a little bit of better, but uh, Goby opened the scoring early enough. And of course, Johnny will know when I say who else but who. Uh, Mr. Goby United, Walshy, uh, tucked one away there early doors. He's fifth of the season. Uh, it's just been a, an incredible transformation from him, from a, a player with, uh, you know, spent last season and almost battling for left back with uh, the young Alex Murphy coming through and has just absolutely regenerated himself and has become almost the focal point of the team up top um, and he's just turning into just a yeah, John calls him Mr. Galway United and I think that's very apt uh, Could have he could have had another couple of goals even before half time, Galway had a couple of opportunities but in the second half at the, at the start especially, Bray just it was almost like they, they kind of just switched a, flicked a switch and uh, they pushed on and um, Galway lost all control of the game whatsoever and uh, I think I see uh, Killer is who you're referring to there Johnny I think he, he was fouled for a penalty and uh, David Hurley stepped up and smashed home his second penalty against Bray this season and uh, from then on Rain really uh, that was kind of it it was uh, the game kind of petered out but uh, yeah no Galway will be happy another win they're starting to grind them out up there neck yeah. and neck with Cork and uh, a big big week to come for Galway United as well you know with the double header Treaty on Friday night away you think of all the Galway players playing for Treaty down there that is very much a Derby feel to it and then Longford yeah. to come on Monday so it's a big big week ahead I think um, I think Shane as well Watford will will rally um, I'm not saying necessarily I don't know what was going on there but I wasn't surprised they beat Wexford Phoenix Patterson scoring twice they should be doing better the, the Stephen Walsh thing is very weird because I think and I could be wrong on this I think he started six games he was thrown up front basically um, off the 
off off the cuff by John Caulfield in the Waterford game when they were 2-0 down thrown up front he's been playing in defence all his career he scored in six different games he scored six absolutely vital goals he's the manager of Galway Hibs he's a 31 year old defender who's gone up front for the first time in about 10 or 12 years it's an incredible <laughs> incredible story and the other thing about uh, John Caulfield I have to say is he brought in these two lads from Spain and I mean you're looking at them and you're like what are they doing in Galway where is he getting these journeymen from and up until now Manu Dimas and Diego Portillo Manu Dimas was absolutely brilliant tonight again scored the goal in Watford they've been two really really clever signings wherever he got them from and it's fascinating like because obviously Cork won Watford will rally again Longford are going well um, yeah the first division is heating up nicely but um, going out it's sitting very pretty at the moment yeah I I, I... I don't know what way to describe Walsh. Obviously, Walsh was there when I was there. He's you. You just it's it's kind of impossible not <laughs> it's impossible not to love him. Um, look, he wouldn't have been. I suppose he wouldn't have been a regular uh, for me in in the Premier. Um, played a good bit more for me in the first division. Is he still like when I had him? He was working part time. Well, he was working full time. He just managed to maneuver the hours around our training hours. I suppose really driving a driving a delivery van around Galway City. You, you could see him anywhere at any stage with the, the arm hanging out the the, the window. The, the, he just he's the furthest thing. If you spotted him around Galway City, he's the furthest thing that you'd expect to hear is is a is a League of Ireland player. And it's just an it's an incredible renaissance. Like what age is he now? Thirty one. And who did you say he's managing? Uh, he's managing the Galway Hibs team, and like oh, I, remember I remember him smacking the crossbar in Belfield a few years ago when he was up front. And I was like, "Geez, this lad has a strike on him." But I don't know what happened. Like, I don't think he scored many goals, and then he just converts to defence. And like, it's it, he's he looks so dangerous. His attitude is brilliant, and it's it's actually quite inspiring for a lad that you know. I remember him getting roasted at left left full and that loan last year, and thinking you know he's on the way out here. And I wouldn't have been surprised if he weren't there this season. And uh, Ah, it's just mad, like, and it's great to see Killer, um, obviously, um, playing so well as well, and we we're just looking better with every week at the moment. Yeah, he's 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 a prime example of of hanging tough, Walshy. In fairness, um, I I I assume uh, if you, at this stage you're you're starting to feel they could uh, be there for the long haul, Jonathan, are you? I think very much so. Um, if you're being critical, and Johnny's probably more on the further down the. Uh, the driveway in terms of this, but the performances at times, or sorry, the results have been better than performance is probably the most political correct um, to, part, to put it over the course of the, the opening rounds of games. But like, we're just having a chat there afterwards. It is very much a slog of a marathon now with the, the four rounds of the nine teams. It is very much just grind out, grind out, grind out. And you hope that you would stay in the pack and then you can push on and maybe the extra levels of fitness and everything, all those advantages that they will have from being a full-time outlet will kind of push on when they go in the open stretch. But as of now, it looks like I know Longford are hanging there with a couple of hanging just behind, but a couple of games to go as with a couple of games in hand. But it does feel like from the outset that it is kind of Goey and Cork just nipping away at each other and uh, who can blink first off. But uh, it's very how, much it looks like a big exciting run in, doesn't it? How did how did Johnny's Golden Child perform tonight? He did one cross in the first half that I still don't know how he managed to dig it out. It was almost uh, almost the second goal just before half time. He he had ran down. It was actually it it came from a it was a complete counter attack. Bray went close from a set piece. Then Kearns he threw it out to well to, out to Alex and he just ate it ate the ground in front of him. And it looked like he was almost in the car park down at the in the old turnstiles. But he managed to dig out across to, to Dimas who uh, who had a brilliant game as well. I have to say, ran himself into the ground. But yeah, no, he just. 
he did a roulette in the first half as well. No doubt someone will clip it out and share it. I hope they do. But he did a roulette in the first half that just took about two or three Blair uh, Bray players out of it. Look, the guy, look, you're sick of me coming on every week and telling him, but the guy just is, he has that wow class factor. He's a Rolls Royce. Sadly, we won't have him for too much longer, it seems, but uh, very much a case of enjoy him while we can. And, and that, probably, if you're looking at the longer course of how Galway see out the course of the season, is what they do to react, uh, to fill in at left-back. That's probably one of the biggest challenges John Caulfield has at the moment already. That's how strong I, w- I would go on it. Johnny, the club the club almost need to use him at this stage as as a marketing tool. Like word has to be word has to be got out around Galway to to these Premier League fans who don't go to to watch their local club. That do you realise we've a fella playing up here who is going to be with a Premier League club in a few year in a in a couple of months' time, and you're probably going to be raving about him. Hopefully, going to be raving about him in three four years' time when he's when mm. he's a class act at, at, at a much higher level. Grab your chance to see him while you can. Like. That that yeah, has to get out there. I think he's going to the academy at Newcastle, so like, I mean, it's obviously an enormous step up. But Derek oh, Costello's yeah. on the bench for Burnley last night. He's another, yeah. he's another. Yeah. Like this is the, the the potential like of academies when Galway United are producing two players from a really really short lived academy that Johnny Glynn is running. This is just Galway United alone. And my whole point of the League of Ireland is, I went, I was at Gavin Bazuna's debut. Um, I'm seeing Alex Murphy this season. You know, I, when you see young players you can say, yeah, I was actually there at the start. And you don't know what young players are coming through. James Abanquat, Pats, and so on and so forth. That's where the League of Ireland has gotten gotten going for it. And it's, it's becoming a young league. And um, the fact that he's from Anna down, like a football area, the other side of Loch Corrib, it's just fantastic. And a uh, brilliant, brilliant, humble lad. And um, it's, enjoy him while he's there. Absolutely. Jonathan, fair play for keeping us updated as ever. Absolute gent. Um, Dara, I think you're, you're on the line. Do you want to... Fill us in on what you were up to or what game you were watching tonight, Dara. Just waiting on Dara to come in. Yeah, we definitely, desperately, Bose fans have been very, very quiet. Surely there's some angst among them. I mean, they found plenty of time to chat about girlfriends or ex-girlfriends of other players tonight. Oh. They found plenty of, and and they, they ended up having to, I think, um, getting a bit of a kick in the ass for that. Um, so I'd definitely be interested to see what Bose fans make of it all. I thought they were battered tonight, to be honest. I thought um, they've they've problems in midfield. Um, they look, Liam Burt, the pace that he's shown on the break and all that, and they've some very good components to the team but I thought they were battered tonight I'm just interested to know where they're at and um, are they they were noisy earlier on uh, in some sections of the game but they do seem to be quiet tonight I know I know we all have our favourites Johnny and I know you're, you're well aware of who another one of mine is but you've just you've reminded me there there was a stage where even I was surprised Liam Burt got one ball and he was tearing away on the break Gary O'Neill caught up with him and took the ball off him and strolled away it was like uh, I, uh, the one doubt that I would even have about Gary O'Neill and how high a level he could play is, is he fast enough? But he, Gary he, O'Neill, Shane, I'm, I'm telling you, Gary O'Neill, when Rovers played um, AC Milan, I thought Graham Burke was completely out of his depth athletically, right? I thought he should have been taken off at half time. I thought it was one of those nights where, you know, it's just you're, you're kind of, your athleticism is found out. Gary O'Neill actually didn't look out of place. And the only reason people don't appreciate how good he is is because he's so many other players like Jack and Mandroyo and so on in front of him. I think he's an all round midfielder. Um, he just has a role to play. He's absolutely outstanding. I'm listening with you 100% of the way, as I've said. I'm I'm a man who likes my numbers and I don't even need to look. At the end of every single season, Gary O'Neill will be so far out in front of term, in terms of pass completion. And I don't care if people say he's only passing the ball sideways or he's... You know, he's not incisive enough. He's the heartbeat of it and he just keeps it tipping over and over and over. And and as I say, 
far better defensively than people realise as well. He never ever mm. leave a hole, but in terms of his his anticipation of of where the ball is is going, his reading of the game, and he can put a tackle in when he has to. Listen, very very near it was very very nearly a, a really good night for Galway. Johnny Cork Cork had it uh, had it shaky enough two up and pulled back to two all, but they they did manage to to, to find a winner as well. Yeah, I was listening on Football 24 and anyone who listens to Football 24, they'll remember um, uh, this scene where the goal goes in and then uh, a second or two later it's followed by, eh, which means that the goal has been disallowed. And I think Cork <laughs> had two goals disallowed when it was either 2-0 or 2-1. Two goals disallowed, I think. Cove got it back to 2-all. There was talk of there being 2,000 2, Cork fans there tonight. I wonder was there. They're absolutely flying it um, and they're keeping the pressure on. Um, so, yes, it's uh, it was a pity because it would have been a goal it's a it's it's a big one tomorrow night um in that division really now with Longford and Treaty. I mean if Longford pull up another three points there, I mean we've kind of since the season began, we've just kind of talked of Cork, Galway, Waterford as being the trio that we all expect to battle it out for the title. But if they picked up another three points again tomorrow night, you'd you'd absolutely have to put them in there with a with a realistic chance. Yeah, I just think maybe with the the budget that Waterford have compared to and the resources Cork, Ollie and Waterford have, I don't know if Longford will have the ability to add to what is, by all accounts, a fairly mm. modest budget that Gary Cronin has. Um, but the first division's in a good place and um, I don't know what you made of the Ian Morris kind of dismissal, Shane. I wasn't majorly surprised by it, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, I guess, it, 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 I mean, I, again, my point is if you're, the, if you're the chairman and you bring in someone after 10 games and you sack them, well, you got that wrong as much as he got it wrong. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bit concerned as to, like, there seems to be a, a real willingness or a real want to, to, to bring in from the UK there. That seems to be the go-to. Mm. Um, and it was almost, I don't know, was there a little bit of, okay, well, right, I suppose we'll go a little bit closer at home here, not to be completely kind of biased towards UK managers. And I don't know... It's it. There was just a little bit of it. Was there an, was an appointment that they maybe didn't one hundred percent believe in from the start themselves, and were they waiting for an opportunity to to make a change? I mean, with the best well, in the world, if if you told me at the start of the season, name two clubs who might be a little bit trigger happy and mightn't fully get behind their manager in when the going gets tough. Probably the two managers who have sacked their man- or the two yeah. clubs who have sacked their managers in the last. Well, Atlone at Atlone are an absolute joke of a club. Like Atlone are a joke, and the way that club has been run is a scandal. And like you go back to go back to the last five years when they'd all that stuff going off the pitch. Remember these the, the the exotic investors come in. It's essentially the same people who are involved there. Uh, people are no longer following the club now. They've had three managers in the space no time at all. They're an absolute joke. But Watford, what, how did Watford get in a situation where they're in the first division? They should not be in the first division. UCD. Should should not be in the Premier Division. We should have an even more competitive Premier Division because Watford screwed up so royally before the playoffs last season. So, you know, there's a lot... It's it's more than Ian Morris that's going on there. And I, I do... I do... I say this. If you bring in a manager and you sack him, that's your fault. That's your fault. You brought him in. So you got that wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I see where you're coming from. I, I, I just... Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I just think, you know, so, so often... I suppose I'll tell you actually the prime example, the absolute prime example, and it's it's at this stage it is now completely overlooked, is Shamrock Rovers sticking with Stephen Bradley. Totally, they, totally. you know, like it's it's a manager will go through a bad spell, and the, the managers 
chances of being a long-term success basically comes down to when I go through that bad spell, which could be a really bad spell, are they going to stick with me until I manage to find a way to turn it or are they going to move me on? And, and yeah, and in, in fairness to the Shamrock Rovers fans, I looked up, I was looking up a photo of Stephen Bradley for uh, our podcast during the week or whatever, and I saw a photo where it was like, let's, it was basically a banner. It's not working out, Stephen. Time to go. And yeah. that was, it was a very, very brief time where the Rovers fans were after him. Like, and and in fairness, I think Stephen Bradley's reign, a lot of it has to do with when he got rid of the goalkeepers that preceded Gavin Bazunu, and he brought Bazunu in, and then Manus, and ever since then, everything, everything's been far, far better. And I think he made mistakes with goalkeepers, but they gave him time. If you're bringing in a man. Manager and you're letting him go, a, a proven manager, at whatever extent you say that, and you're letting him go after 10 games. There's something seriously wrong there because you got it badly, badly wrong. And and look, I know we have a few Rovers Rovers fans on, on the line with us here. I'd love to hear from one or two of them because I don't think I'm being unfair to say that it was arguably the majority of supporters at the time would have agreed with things if he had been removed. Yeah, um, and maybe, maybe, maybe as a neutral, I would have said the same. I mean, they they were struggling, but like I, I just think it's the fact that I think they 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 backed him and MacPhail, and they backed what they were doing with with um you know young players as much as they probably like to have more of them coming through. Generally, if you sack a manager, it doesn't work out in the long term. It makes no little or no difference, and it's it's up to the chairman to appoint the right manager in the first place. Because if if he doesn't work out, you got it wrong. Absolutely. I think we have a very happy Dwayne on the line. Dwayne, are you there? How are you, lads? How, How are you doing? Keeping? All good. What were you at, Dwayne? I think I know, but go on, fill us in. That's uh, Shells and Dundalk. Ah, sorry, sorry. I thought it was Pat. Shells and Dundalk. Well, we're, we're mad to hear what went on here from, from somebody who was actually there. Fill us in. Yeah, I'm only on the way back now. Um, I thought the referee had a poor game. Um, I thought he actually done well up to um, didn't award us a penalty um, and then all I thought, I thought that was more of a penalty than what he actually gave to go, to go on I thought I thought um, the pushing Jack Moyle and, and would have made us go one nil up would have changed the game and then um, I think the red card that they got she was a hindrance to us so I think we were on top just before that and the minute they got a red card we sat back Okay, okay, uh, and and like in the long over the course of the game, did you deserve anything from it? Uh, I thought I thought we were I thought we were very good. I thought we were much much better than Monday. I thought we were more disciplined. We we sat in when we wanted to sat in. We played when we wanted to play. We went long when we should have went long. I just thought there was more discipline in that performance this week. Um, there's more like the way performance that we come to expect from us really. Um, I thought Dundalk were very poor. Really. This is the worst Dundalk team I've seen in a while, and I've seen poor enough Dundalk teams in the first division, and I thought they were very, very bad. That's interesting. Now, I, I, I mean, I, I saw them Tala on Monday. They were, they were okay. Um, I thought against Pats, they were very much second best. I think, I don't know, Dwayne. I think he's building something there. It'll take time. Yeah, there's no cohesion. There's no like um, link up play with Hilburn, or there's no wingers tucking in or trying to play one two. There's no one trying to get the little pockets. I think as Shane said earlier on, Keith Ward changed the game when he came on. He just picked up them little spaces. Look, he's cute. He knows where to pick himself up and he can deliver that ball into the box. And it was a wonderful cross for John Martin's header. And was, what, what, yeah. what a header. It's like a Hill-Benesque header. 
I, I was just going to say, look, you you were the one at the game. You you saw the performance. I didn't. The only thing I did see was that winning goal. Was that Keith Ward who delivered the cross? Was it? Yeah, it was yeah. indeed. Oh yeah. my God! What what a ball in! I what saw ball, I saw yeah. the cross and I saw a brilliant header too. Um, I mean yeah. that was an outstanding goal. I didn't realise it was Wardy had put the ball in. But and you reckon that you reckon that was one of the few moments of quality they, they had? Was it? Yeah, it was probably the only bit of quality. They got two balls in the box from from Wade and they scored from the two of them. Bit naivety from our part. I think when we got the goal back, I think we should have went like forward in the middle, four four one kind of. I think it left straight out wide where we were just playing four three. I think we just left a bit, a few few gaps there. Look, it's eighty two minutes. You take a point and you suck up and go home with a with a point that is. But I think we should have put Farrell out left and then just take. I think it was a bit naivety on our part. A funny thing about um about Duffer Shane um and Dwayne uh Stephen O'Donnell I was talking about the game Monday and he said fair play to Damien Duff you know he's not coming over here just kind of thinking he's Premier League and putting his elbow up against the dugout and just watching it and not doing anything <laughs> he actually he was very right on that because he ends up getting himself sent off tonight so <laughs> yeah, on that I, one anyway. I, I think that was ridiculous like there was a clear second yellow for for Griffin. I don't know why I think Duffer needs to look at himself not, not playing Lewis instead of Griffin. Griffin had a horror time on Monday night against Bowes along with Adam Thomas. Look, I'm not thinking mm. the people out, but they, them two in particular had two bad games. And he plays Griffin today instead of Lewis, who's had a, uh, a half-decent season. Playing L position, he's normally a left full, he's playing left of a back three. And I think it was... Uh, Griffin was very poor again tonight before he got sent off and I don't think Duff had much complaints he, he went over to the linesman started shouting off and then McLaughlin books him and then he starts getting a water bottle thrown on the floor like what do you expect like a couple of quick questions there. You were just talking about the changes, um, Dwayne. I'm looking at it here. Uh, two questions on it, I suppose. The first one I see is, so at half-time, Cameron Ledgewood did come on for, for Dan Carr. So if Dan Carr's come off, who's playing centre-forward for you then? Because Sean Boyd didn't come on for another 25 minutes. Yeah, um, Jack Moylan and Farrell were kind of interchanging their roles. Like, okay. So he, um, I thought Jack Moylan had a very good game. I'd use Bry. He's still a bit raw. Like, he gets the ball, does a little trick, does a shimmy away from a player, but then gives the ball away. He should release it earlier, I think. But he is definitely his ability is there. He just needs to... Obviously, match sharpness will, will help him, you yeah. know? And the, the other one surprised me just again because, uh, you know, again, one of my favourites, Aide Durvin. Surprised to see Aide Durvin coming off when the game was still very much in, in the melting pot. Was he a bit below his, his usual um, level tonight? Uh, that, I think that was at 2-1, so we, we are... Ah. I was at 1-0. Well, no, I was at 1-0. He brought on McInniff. Look, um, he needed to take someone off. He needed fresh legs in there. Dundalk were overpowering in the middle of the park when they went... Went one nil up, and I think we just needed someone fresh in there. I don't Chase think McIniff is. Yeah. I don't think McIniff is great, but I think A. A. Devins will be one of our best players. So yeah, I've been awfully disappointed in McAniff. I, I mean, I, 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 the, the chat about McAniff, I was expecting him to light it up. Um, no, I, was, no, I, don't, I, I, really I heard a lot of good things about him, and yeah. he's been very, very poor. That's disappointing to hear. Listen, Dwayne, fair play to you. Super, super kind of overview of the game there. Appreciate that big time. Thanks a million for the call. Thanks, lads. Sean uh, is our next man coming in. I think you there, Sean. Can you come off mute, Sean? How is lads? How are you, How are you John? What's the story? What we at, Sean? Pats tonight. Ah, are you a Pats fan? I am indeed, all my life. You're definitely a happy man, so. 
Not really. Not really. No. It, uh, it wasn't great again, like you know. It was a uh, mediocre performance again. Like UCD during uh, Monday was terrible, and today was a bit better. But Finn Harps are, Finn Harps are poor. Like kind of hoping for more than that. Like sitting in a decent position all the same, Sean. Yeah, not too bad, but uh, I think uh, Owen Doyle kind of got two tonight, but is uh, not really looking like the Bryce Spark I was hoping he was going to be. And then uh, Ben McCormack is absolutely smashing player, like seriously smashing player. <laughs> he's only now he's only now playing him, Sean. Like I I I, I was always I mean definitely watching him on the scene with Don. I thought this lad's going to be very good. There, he's it's interesting the comments he made during the week about him. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like he, he was kind of there last season. I've heard about him the last few seasons. Like kind of same age as me, a bit younger than me. Like wouldn't know him growing up. And uh, fuck me, he's smashing like absolutely smashing. Because he came on last few games, he's a bit of a bright spark. Like mm. and uh, I, I, he took him off. I think after about sixty minutes or something today. But I don't think he should have. But then he brought I think Ronan Cochran then on for Ben McCormick and. Being around the Cockling, he's better than he was last season, but not much, not much better. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, look, I'm, I'm, I'm cards on the table here. I, I, I've skin in the game here. I know, I know, um, I know Ben quite well. I know Ben. Ben would have played in an underage team with, with my little brother. So I know Ben <coughs> since he's about twelve or thirteen. But like you yeah. say, he, he looked to be absolutely flying it under under Stevie last year. And yeah, you know, I thought I thought Tim could be the ideal man to get the most out of him. But it just for whatever reason, you know yourself, anything could be going on. It just hasn't quite happened for him. I saw yeah. I saw tonight early on that he was named in the starting eleven. All right, so uh, I had no idea whether he'd went well or hadn't gone well. So I'll be honest, Sean, I'm absolutely delighted to hear you raving about him there. Oh man, he he's sick. It's unbelievable for somebody who's probably well, he's probably the youngest player on the pitch for Pat Snowy, I think. Well, him and Darren Quabo. Uh, oh, was yeah. a banquet and, and Darryl, yeah, really? and Darryl, to be fair. Was it how was a banquet tonight? Uh it was probably his best game of the season to be fair, because mm. I think he's definitely more suited to a, a centre back role instead of a rifle. I don't mm. think he's good enough on the ball, but Yeah, I Stewie Burns said that injured though at half time today, so Right. Stewie Byrne said on on the radio he thinks he's a midfielder. Like I I don't see any real passing ability in him at all. Now maybe no. maybe that'll grow. But he's a he's a brilliant brilliant centre back, a brilliant athlete. Yeah, absolutely. He's he just I don't think he's good enough going forward with the ball. I think that's mm. probably his biggest um, downfall. But he's definitely solid. Like he's a big lad, really big lad. Like. That, that's the other thing, Shane. I mean, not to go back again to Alex Murphy, but to go back again to Alex Murphy. If Alex Murphy <laughs> centre back, he's sensational on the ball. Like, and all, there was so much chat about a banker getting the big money move. Like, and you take it for granted now, nearly that a centre back should be comfortable on the ball, and it's not easy. Like, it's not easy at all. And you can see with a banker that it's 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 taken him time. Yeah, look, they are. They're, they've been trained in a very different way, obviously, Johnny. Nearly to you know, I'm sure a lot of the old school defenders would say to the detriment of of, of proper defending. Um, mm. almost but I mean you know let's be honest no you know there's very very few players that uh, coming through as, as as young players trying to break into first teams if they're not comfortable on the ball and if they're not able to use it you, you're pretty much writing them off at this stage they have to be able to do it for many managers that's more important than actually doing the, the nitty gritty of actually defending mm-hmm. Absolutely uh, who else is good for Pat Sean? Uh, Joe Redmond absolutely he's a top player he's a top he, player he's been the best one for like for Pat's season Absolutely mm. unbelievable. He is. 
he's like that um, really good on the ball, like real comfortable on the ball and uh, has that vision to play a long ball, you know, keeps cool head on him. But my God, he, he gets up for a ball, like he wins the ball in the air well. We've some that. amount of good young centre backs, like as well. Rowan at Drogheda is a good player as well, like just some seriously good centre backs, I think, in the league. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Redmond's definitely up there now, from what I've seen this season, anyway. And Sean, listen, I know you've maybe said that you haven't been blown away by Owen Doyle, but is 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 he not giving you exactly what he what you needed? Really, is is you know since I suppose since probably since Fagan, you know, just somebody who'll just yeah. hang a, hang around up there, maybe might not necessarily overly con- contribute to the to the game as a whole, but is putting the ball away. And, I mean, Manny, he must be on. Is he on four or five now? He's a decent two goals. Four now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, four. He missed the penalty against UC. He's he's yeah. missed. I'd say he's XG, Shane. You love your XG. I'd say his XG is a good bit higher, which is probably a good thing, even though he probably wouldn't look at that. And say, I think, Sean, he's going to get it. I think he might hit a spate of goals in the second quarter against. He, he, um, against Rovers, he missed, like, which for me looked like I've never seen, seen a highlight of it, but missed an open goal. And against Drogheda, he had two headers, like one, a five-yard out one. Like, mm. Any good striker. To me, like Rory Gaffney gets in that area. Mm. Oh, like, it's the difference, like, so, um, Johnny, yeah, I've, I, Johnny, I I've got, I've, I've, I've got the magic fingers here working for you. As soon as you <laughs> said it, my eyes lit up. So we, we hit a few buttons here. Obviously, they haven't coded tonight's games yet, but heading into tonight's game, Owen Doyle was in fifth place in the Premier Division for XG. Yeah, yeah. Is that a good one. or a bad thing? That's. Uh, it means it. It means well. It depends which way you look at it. It means he's getting chances. He, it also yeah. means he's pro- it also means he's missing chances, but it means he's getting chances. I personally, my I myself as a manager would prefer to see a fellow with a high xG, even if he's not been clinical enough. Uh, if if he's not getting chances, I'd be more concerned than if he's missing chances. Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I pats are an interesting one because like. I think uh, finished second last season. Very, very hard to see how they do any better than that. I think the league is very, very deep this season. I think Derry have... Si- like, look at Derry tonight. You're looking at the lads. Patching scores the first goal after a sublime ball from Patrick McElhenney. And then you're like, Dummigan plays a ball from McGonigal. Serious footballers. So, like, hopefully they'll hang on in there. But I think, like, for Pats... <laughs> As much as I sort of tipped them to, to, to have a go at the title, I, I think I think it's just too much for them at this stage. A good Quite possible. Be happy. That'll keep you happy. Sean, listen, fair Absolutely. play to you. Thanks, thanks a million for giving us a shout on that, Sean. Thanks, lads. Johnny, they mustn't be listened to. They mustn't listen to us up the north at all. No Derry callers on the night where they score seven goals. No, and it's without like getting into the whole partitionist thing and and Derry's YouTube channel, their videos is honestly you'd unpublic could be more be less partisan. <laughs> their their YouTube highlights is the most biased video uh, coverage I've ever seen of anything. There's like there could be like it could be three all and they'll have sixteen Derry chances and maybe three chances from the opposition. Um, but I, I I am looking forward to I think their visit to Tala. Is going to be so. It's going to be so um, seminal in terms of title race. If if they could get something out of that game, um, and or if they could even win, you'd be like, okay, there might be something here. But I can't see. I mean, Rover is just they've just turned it up levels big time in the last few weeks, and um, it'll be interesting to see how Derry can hold on in there. Yeah, I'm having a quick look at uh, at the upcoming fixtures and Derry Derry away to Pat's next Friday night. That's a very tasty one. Go on. 
big one. And um, yeah, like I think, I just think it's a fascinating time the league. You've the young managers, you've Duff coming in, you've all these lads trying to, like I spoke to lads that were, you know, I, I spoke to young managers trying to get into the game today and they're like, the opportunities, there just aren't many. And like, maybe, you know, you have to go down and take jobs in the first division if they if they go wrong. And where does Ian Morris go now, Shane? I mean, like he took that job, it didn't end great in Shel- with Shelburne even though he got promoted. Where does he go now? Yeah, no, look, it's it's <laughs> been there, wore that T-shirt, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, look, it is, it is. And, you know, you, you often have people on the outside saying, oh, Jesus, why would you go there or why would you take that job? Sure, the simple fact is because it's it's one of the, the few opportunities that might be there. So I'm sure there are, uh, I'm sure there are plenty of managers. I mean, Ian Morris, you know, it depends how much up for the fight he is. If Ian Morris was offered the Athlone job in the morning, would he take it? He'd be, uh, he'd be, uh, he'd be absolutely mad if he did. I, I see we've a uh, young, a uh, young Jonathan Douglas there who's from, uh, from the north. He might maybe be coming in, is he? <laughs> I, I was, I was very close to wrapping things up, Johnny, when I saw Jonathan pop up. So we'll definitely give him a chance to say hello, Jonathan. How are you keeping? Oh, he's, you scared him away, Johnny. He's connecting there. He's give him a sec. We'll, we'll give him a minute and see. He's reverted back to listener here on my uh, on mine. But we do have, we'll, we'll buy him a little bit of time. Um, we do have D McCall. We were just talking, actually. I think D might be able to give us the Derry, uh, the Derry take on things. Looking at the D- jersey, I see I see red and white stripes. Yeah, Derry man, D. D is, D is as partisan, as effectively, as Derry's YouTube commentary. So whatever <laughs> D says, take it with a pinch of salt. How are you getting on, boy? Uh, I'm getting on grand, yeah. I just I was listening to the end of the show there, and um, Shane was getting a bit lonely. So I thought, right, if they want somebody from Derry to call in. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't at the game. I was actually at the Pats, um, Pats Van Harps game, but I was listening to the Derry game. Um, Good yeah, man. I heard you talking earlier about Matty Smith. So apparently... Maddie was playing sort of behind Jamie McGonagall tonight. They sort of played in like a 10 role. But then apparently for the last right. 15 minutes, the Derry team basically spent the whole time giving them the ball, trying to get him a goal because he had yet. <laughs> right. So you, you abandoned, looking at the team, looking at the personnel, by the looks of things, the, you abandoned, the, you abandoned the, the three centre-backs, uh, did you? Did, did you hear anything on that? I didn't hear anything on that, but I know like they, they, so they started making a few changes in the second half. Actually, our youngest ever professional made his debut tonight, um, a lad called Dahi McCallion. He signed a three-year contract when he was 16, and he t- he's now 17. He made his debut tonight and took Owen Toll off, and they put him in. He's a centre-back. Uh, so... I, th- I think just, to be honest, I was listening to the game in the radio and Eric White and Liam Coyle were saying after 10 minutes that this was going to be 7 or 8. So I think they could predict that very quickly. So I don't think, uh, apparently Ronan Boyce spent most of the uh, the half or both halves playing as like a almost like a second right winger. So I don't really think in terms of positions, anybody played where they probably should have tonight. I think they were all just desperate to try and get themselves a goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it here. It is it, Lafferty is normally left wing back for you, is it? Well, mm. yeah, well, yeah. It's sort of it's sort of switchy. Yeah, he comes on um, like Kieran calls an actual left back, but he's not getting a a, yeah. a, a a shot at the minute because they are playing the sort of three at the back and the two wing back. So yeah, Danny Lafferty normally normally plays there. Um, but as I say, I was just talking to people at the game, so I didn't actually see where where everyone was. Um, everyone was playing, and unfortunately, thing, yeah. the thing with me is I was there watching Pats play Fun Harps tonight. Derry play Fun Harps, or sorry, Derry play Pats next Friday. Yeah, and I'll not be at the game because it's my daughter's tenth birthday, and I can't. 
Oh no! <laughs> oh no! no. I, I was. Saying, would you not? Would you not love? Would you not love to go to that game as a tenth birthday present? I, I've asked her. Um, Brian Marr actually told me a couple of weeks ago that he would have her as a, a mascot for the game if uh, if she would go, and she just looked at me like, "Why would I go and watch a football match?" Ah, <laughs> uh, D. What were what were you wearing this girl oh, at all? They've missed Brian Marr in recent games. I don't know. Was he playing tonight? They badly missed him in the two games. He only got a point in. Yeah, apparently he was just unwell for the for the two games that he didn't um, um he didn't play for. But yeah, it was it was ironic actually that the two games that he didn't play was the the games where we dropped the points. But um. Yeah, no, good to have him back in tonight. And I think he had literally nothing to do. I think the goal they scored was from a corner, as far as I know, but I don't want to get anything else to do. But um, but from a UCD point of view, I mean, for the league, I heard you saying at the start that Johnny said that, you know, it's not great for the league that they're conceding seven. Um, you know, I've, I heard, I, I was talking to some earlier on tonight, it told me that I think they're in a Collingwood final on Tuesday. Would that be right? I don't know if that's right or not, but. You could be right. Yeah. You could be right. Yeah, it's usually around this time of the year. Right, and yeah. and I think the ironic thing about that is, you know, you had Liam Kerrigan on the bench the other night. Um, now he played tonight instead of Colin Whelan. But you know, maybe there was a few people thinking about Tuesday's match more so than tonight, which seems a bit strange if a Premier Division team's thinking about a final on a Tuesday. It's nothing to do with the League of Ireland. So, but I mean, that was just that was yeah. just a comment I heard. I don't know, but I know they're missing um their captain tonight, Jack Keeney. Um, didn't play so. Yeah, but look, it's it's tough for them. But um, from a from a dairy point of view, after the dropping the five points of the weekend, they go and score seven tonight. Um, another plus I'm looking at here, D. I'm now again I'm I'm going off I'm going off uh, live score here, which isn't exactly always one hundred percent trustworthy. But looking at it, if I'm to go by this, it looks as though Patrick McIlhenny played possibly played a full ninety for you tonight. Um, I mean that would be a huge boost if he is getting back to to, to complete full match fitness, wouldn't it? it uh, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know with Michael Duffy being out, a, a fit Patrick McIlhenny is is vital. And again, listen to the commentary tonight, and you know, the lads are saying that Patrick was playing some great ball through for, for Jamie and I heard you mention it earlier, you know, like you know, Patchin plays a ball through for somebody, um, you know, Domigan plays a ball through for somebody. Like the, we we do have a really good squad, but obviously when you look across the Tala, you know, you're you look at their bench as you as you talked about earlier. I think the concern for us is the fact that the run of games that we've just come out of, those three games, we were as fans targeting nine points. We looked at Rovers three mm. games. Uh, they were home to Pats away to Dundalk, home to Bow or away to Bow, and you're thinking they're going to drop points there. Now they've won five in a row. And the ironic thing about it is I was sitting talking to someone about two weeks ago. And this this night, two weeks ago, Shells just equalised against Rovers at Tolka. And, I was and Derry could have gone 10 clear. Could have. And, and now it's we're a point. <laughs> you know, it's like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, look, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's an up and down league. Um, it is our next run of games are you know as you mentioned Pats and then we have Bows and then we have uh, Rovers um, so uh, I'm interested that'll test you that'll test you that'll test you D fair play absolutely super thanks a million for giving us a shout no problem chat to you soon thanks alright bye Johnny Johnny, we'll, we'll wrap up with John I think we have one more speaker John looking to get in I think he's a Dundalk man are you there John? Hi, hi guys. How are you How's keeping, John? Ah, I was hemming and hawing, uh, but nobody else from the Dundalk persuasion came on. Cause, uh, I was a bit, I was deliberating because I wasn't actually at the match. I was watching the stream, uh, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll I, take that. We'll take that. I, just, I, I decided our honour needed defending. You see, um, uh, for one, um, well, um, 
I think some perspective is necessary because I heard talk earlier about uh, our current team being the weakest that we've had in memory. Yeah, we um, had a Shells fan on who wasn't overly impressed with you. You're you're going to well, tell us you were a bit better we're than not, you described, are you? We're, we're not we're not of the we're not of the caliber of Kenny's title winning teams. Definitely, I don't think anybody from RN thinks so. But uh, I think some perspective is necessary because uh, we were lucky to not get relegated last season. Uh, don't forget, uh, it's only because Vinnie Perth came in and saved us that we didn't get relegated. In my opinion, uh, I think if we had kept with Filippo, we probably would have gone down. Uh, in any case, um, with that in mind, I think we're I think uh, especially losing some of the better players we did have. Deffy and McElhenney and, and those fellas. I think from having to um, build a very new team, a lot of young players involved and so on, I think we've done a reasonably good job with that so far. Um, I think uh, now this evening probably wasn't the best game we've had, I would I would confess. Uh, Shells did actually have their moments in the first half in particular. They perhaps edged it, I would say. Uh and then, yeah, we, it was it was a very um, slightly dull affair until Shells went down to 10 men. And it was right at the end of the first half. Literally, foul, red card, Duff's red card, uh, free kick, half time, And that was it. Uh, I think uh, James Rogers' quote in his match report was, there were more red cards than shots on target at that stage. <laughs> well, I wasn't keeping track of the statistics, but <laughs> I don't think that would shock me if that was actually true. Uh, because I don't, well... Um, yeah, the closest anyone came in the first half was probably that free kick by Huben, which went wide, which was the very last kick of the entire half. Um, no, oh no, Shells had a decent chance actually, if I remember correctly, that they probably could have could have gone one nil up. Then they had they had another shout. They had a shout. Uh, they shout for penalty there, which was not given before the one that was. And I think, like our earlier um, our earlier interlocutor uh, commented, I think that was possibly the first shout, which wasn't given, was perhaps more. Uh, uh, more of a more willing to be more worthy of being given than the one that actually that actually was. Um, no, um, I'm uh, Paul Doyle. I must say he's really he's really developing. I would uh, I would yeah. uh, I would I would argue uh, he was wasn't really getting into the team in the first couple of games, but in recently, I think he was probably our best player this evening. Uh, he was playing an interesting role actually because uh, he wasn't playing. He was he was the deepest midfielder. Sloggett was just ahead of him. Usually have Sloggett and the, as as the deepest member of the midfield, uh, but it was actually Doyle playing there. And I thought he 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 did put in the we discussed. Um, Mentioned uh, John Martin's winner earlier, but the first goal as well for us was was uh, uh, a huge amount of. I, I think it was a excellent cross by by Doyle to set it up, and then uh, Kelly just have to stick it in. Uh, good move by Huben as well, actually, to move into the channel, pick up the ball. It was played long towards him, and and then give it back to uh, to Doyle, who crossed it, and, um, good. and then uh, Kelly. Good, yeah. And we, we saw the second one. The second one was a fantastic goal, John, so it was. But, I mean, look, you're 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 right. I mean, I, I would be inclined to think that anybody who, anybody who, at, at this at the start of the season, any Dundalk fan, if you had said to them at this stage, they'd be in fourth position, I think they probably would have taken that, John. And, and obviously, a big, loud derby to come next weekend. Um, yeah, for a on the line. Yes, I was going. I was just going to say there's going to be an extra bit of needle uh, in that one based on, on on the events of the previous one. Now, hopefully, all the needle this time stays 
between the lines and, and, and between the players on the field. Um, but no, that will be that will be a very interesting one next weekend. And if you could pick up another win there, you're you're not in a bad not bad spot at all uh, no, this far into the season. I mean, we were third uh, before the Rovers game as well. So uh, considering now that's only our fourth win, um, a bit of a the, 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 the middle part of the league, basically, except for the top two and bottom two are very tightly packed together. It wasn't so long ago. There's only five points between third and eighth. I don't know how what that is now, uh, but in any case, it's it's um it's very dense. So a lot of teams who um well a lot of the teams in that area are taking points off each other. I suppose we've had uh, more draws, I think, than I can count. But uh, now we've got a couple of uh, well, there was we put a couple of wins together. I think uh, been starting to put more recently. Sligo then a defeat to Rovers, which is a uh, explainable because of the relative quality of both teams and then a victory this evening. So, uh, yeah, I think a Derby win would go a long way to, um, I think, uh, certainly would solidifying our position, I should say. I really think we're in a, we're, um, we're not going to finish higher than third. So we're in a race for third, I would say. Yeah, I think that's a good a good summary of it. So it is, and look, it won't be a walk in the park next week either. That's for sure. Draw it our our absolutely not outperforming most people's expectations. I think, John, fair play to you for phoning in and giving us the the dairy perspective and giving us a little bit of balance there. Appreciate Thanks, it. John. Okay, no problem. Thanks, uh, thanks, fellas. Johnny, a good night all round. Um, I think we got to, to most of the games in some perspective, a small bit of chat around them, and as we say, some tasty ones between that between that loud derby and uh, yeah, first against third, Derry and Pats. That's that is is going to be an absolute cracker. So it is, and I think that'll be the one I'll be trying to make myself, if at all possible. Uh, should lead to uh, hopefully a few more interesting conversations next week. All going well. I just saw a couple of videos put up there. Gavin McLaughlin, a little video of uh, Keith Ward flick with just class. And Dan McDonald's video of Duff getting sent off. I don't have the audio on, but you don't need to tell how much to the Dundalk fans absolutely relish Damien Duff give, being given a red card for the first <laughs> time in their lives. They never wanted it to happen before. And now they're absolutely loving Damien Duff getting a red card. Well, there you are. Anybody who's listening, we're we're about to log off. What you need to go is Dan, McDon- Dan McDonald's Twitter feed. And give yourself a, a good laugh at Dundalk fans' reaction to poor, poor Duffer seeing red. Johnny, thank you very much. Nice one, Shane. Listeners, thank you very much. We'll chat to you again. Good luck. Good night.